Alright folks, Scott Caldwell with you back again this week. Uh, again, hanging out at a local restaurant, supporting the ag industry by eating our food. <laughs> it's in there, we got background noise, and that's an awesome thing to have. we got support going on there, but I'm with Max Smith still talking about um, Wayne County Farm Bureau and Farm Bureau in general and the legislative issues and things that are going on. And last week, we had talked about rural vitality, we talked about taxation and fiscal policy and how people can be involved with that. This week, we're going to be hitting land use and property rights. And I think it's interesting that back in December, I had talked with people from Ohio about foreign ownership and in January talking with uh, Halderman about uh, foreign ownership and what was going on there. But we've got that going on here in Indiana as well. Right, Max? That's correct. And the legislature is currently addressing that. A bill introduced by Representative Culp, who happens to be the vice president of Farm Bureau, um, will outlaw the ownership of land, not just farmland, but any land, by foreign adversaries and the, the countries of foreign adversaries determined by the National Department of Commerce, but six major countries, which would include Russia, China, and right. you know the list. So it will, I think it's a limit of 100 acres is the maximum that they can buy or own. Um, so that's that's an issue that is a national security issue right. from not just safety but food mm -hmm. security of being able to raise and control our food and all kinds of things. So that's an important bill that's out of the House now going over to the Senate. Okay. And as I understand it also, it's not just foreign ownership from countries, but there's also a corporation connection well, with that as well, right? Yeah, that eliminates individuals and companies if a company is owned by 50% or more by a foreign entity or a foreign individual, it also is restricted. Okay. So, you know, a lot of places around the U.S. looking at this issue now and becoming a big deal, and Indiana's jumping right in with that as well. All right, so uh, another thing that I know is going on is the drainage task force. That's, and, and you and I talked about this beforehand, and it kind of blows my mind, even though I'm involved with agriculture, what some of the but craziness is? Yeah. Is that a good word for it? <laughs> well, <laughs> one of many. <laughs> we uh, There's been a problem over the last several years of uh, DNR, the Department of Natural Resources for the state of Indiana, continually increasing their oversight and control of things. Um, about five, four, five years ago, they put out a set, as an example, they put out a set of flood maps. We all entities have gone by the FEMA flood maps for right. years. DNR come along and said, we need to revise those. And what they did was add area to be a floodplain that FEMA didn't recognize. Mm. The issue was that they did not have any public hearing. They did not have any public notices. They did not even tell local cities and towns the new maps existed until somebody did something that they didn't like. Then they'd come and say, well, that, you can't do that. Oh, by the way. Yeah. And in fact, that hit some uh, two areas in Wayne County hard. Uh, two individuals had uh, got permits to build a home, two different homes, east of Fountain City. They were located outside of the FEMA floodplain. After they got the houses about half built, DNR come along and said, oh, that's in our flood maps. you got to stop building. Hmm. Then they come later and said, you got to tear those down or make them five feet higher off the ground. Um, in that case, we finally got legislators to pass a law to exempt those two, and they kept their homes. Another example of those maps, the town of Jacksonburg, which is 
almost where we're sitting today, right. was put in all but, I think, two or three of the homes in that town were now in the floodplain. Oh, wow. No one knew that. The property owners didn't know it until a lady went in to get a permit to build a garage. She was told, you can't do that. The restrictions of in the floodplain, she couldn't even build a doghouse, let alone a garage. Oh, my goodness. So it, after the, a lot of work, DNR reviewed the situation and hopefully made a mistake. That's not floodplain, and that resolved that. So the, the, two years ago, the, uh, with all these issues, the legislature passed a bill to create a drainage task force, which had meetings for about 18 months looking at all these issues to make some recommendations. And a few of those things are being acted on now, and more of them probably will next year. Some of those things include being able to for farmers to clean out legal drains, to do maintenance work without state permits. Um, states around us don't have near the controls that we do. Uh, we want to get more to that way. And one of the things that uh, come out of this was to have a rewrite of the drainage task handbook, which was developed back in the 90s. Okay, awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick break from a word from our sponsor. When we get back, we're going to start talking a little bit about water rights and see if we can get into some uh, referendum things and employment issues in there in the last little bit here. We'll be right back. Rusty Harmeyer of Harmeyer Auction and Appraisal Company. We have partnered with the New Salem Lions Club and their 58th annual Spring Consignment Auction. Auction to be held February 24th at the Lions Club, just four miles southeast of Rushville. Contact Harmeyer Auction and Appraisal Company today to take advantage of the free advertising and plan on selling those unused items at the New Salem Lions Club auction. For more information, visit our website and online bidding platform at harmeyerauction.net. All right, folks, Scott Caldwell with you uh, back again after that break. Appreciate our sponsors so much and talking with Max Smith with Wayne County Farm Bureau. Uh, and Max, something that's interesting, and we, we think about agriculture issues that aren't in our area, but they do affect us. In that case, we're talking the Leap District and water rights. Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Well, in the area of Lebanon, the state Department of Economic Development had come in and wanted to establish a large industrial park there along the interstate, located not that far from Purdue, and a great, I mean, they've been really attracting industry in that area. Right. But the state took this over, not the local, which previously is all local, bought a lot of farm ground at a huge price, but there's not enough water there. <laughs> there's a huge aquifer uh, associated with the Wabash River in the Lafayette area that they want to uh, pipe up to a million gallons a day of yeah. water from that aquifer to Lebanon to handle the needs of that industrial park. Uh, naturally, the people in Lafayette are concerned, <laughs> yeah, and farmers, in, and it's in an area that there's a lot of irrigation wells for farmland oh, yeah. as well. So, um, this is this has undoubtedly brought forth uh, a lot of controversy. Several bills were introduced this year in the legislature, but things are still in an early stage. The only bill that I'm aware of that's uh, got a life left to it is one that will require the. State Economic Development Corporation to notify local entities if they are purchasing more than 100 acres of ground. That, so that they could know that they, something needs to happen. Right. Who would think that in the state of Indiana, 
we would have issues of water rights. It seems like, like such a Arizona. Western United yeah. States type of thing and not us. We hear that all the time about California, yeah. Arizona, those areas. And now all of a sudden it's a Western Indiana thing, <laughs> but it's affecting all of Indiana. And we know that within the state of Indiana, there's areas that's hard to get water and right. wells. But the majority of the state has ample water. We've got a lot of rivers that have ample water in them. But when you start talking about a million gallon a day from one aquifer to another area, that's a whole new game plan. So to get more information from an agricultural perspective, Farm Bureau has uh, set up a task force to deal with water rights issues. Uh, we've had two meetings so far. I happen to be on that. I guess they wanted somebody from an area that doesn't worry about water. <laughs> we worry about how do we drain it. Yeah. But uh, to be on that, to learn what's going on and make some recommendations, but more importantly, to be able to protect the rights of agriculture and farmers in the state of Indiana as new regulations are developed. Yeah, that's awesome. Speaking of protecting rights, let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about some of the uh, employment of minors issues that's going on out there. There's a couple bills this year that deal with that. It's interesting. One of the things that I was not aware of is Indiana's requirements on minors working is much more stringent than the federal requirements. Hmm. So there's a bill that is now aligning Indiana requirements to the feds. Uh, also, and over many years, there's been controversy, not just in Indiana, but the nation and the federal government of employment of young minors, right. particularly on farms. Mm-hmm. Scott, you and I raised doing farm work as, from <laughs> absolutely. age. Learn to drive early, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Learn how to work hard. But there's always been this push that that's not safe. We can't let you do that. Well, um, there's trying to get some more clarity in that. Uh, one of the things would be that if uh, your parents own the business, whether it's a farm or another business, you're exempt from the state requirements. And there's other things to kind of make that more practical and how long and how or what at a, a student can work. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, it's nice that they're concerned about safety, but we've got to talk about practicality too. Exactly. And what the reality of situation is as opposed to a theoretical from a distance, right? And in agriculture, we're pretty well known as a group that's got a tremendous work ethic. Mm-hmm. As an example, my daughter, when she went to college, she wasn't real proud to say she was from a farm. When she graduated and went to work, she quickly realized that because she had that farm ethic and mentioned that it come from a she got opportunities that she wouldn't have had because they oh she knows how to work <laughs> absolutely so yeah. it's it's interesting as a teacher sometimes like some of those kids you can tell who the farm kids are with the effort that they put in and it's not always across the board no. but even on the academics they see some of that that you see some kids just really working hard yes putting that in there and it's yes i appreciate that exactly so exactly. working on my boys coming up you know they're you know kindergarten and sixth grade and getting them busy doing stuff. We did that with our kids, and we're doing that with our grandkids today. Awesome. Well, Max, I really appreciate an opportunity to talk about what Wayne County Farm Bureau is doing and legislative issues and make sure to create awareness in folks, whatever county you're in, whatever state you're in, Indiana, Ohio, or wherever may be passing through and hearing this, get involved, check with your local Farm Bureau and see what's going on. Find out the reality about what's going on with our industry. But Max, before I let you go, got to ask you the same question I ask guests at the end of every program. What's something you wish you had known when you were younger? 
When I was in ag and in high school, I took in all the productions things and that was my thing. I should have gotten more involved in the business side of things, yeah. uh, the accounting and all of that, and how to better run a business. It's one thing to be able to produce good corn or soybeans or livestock, but the business side of it is so critical and right. I need more in that. That's great. I when I was teaching agriculture, I would tell students, I don't care how good you are at cows and corn, if you don't have the cash, you don't get to do it. That's right. Uh, and that's really where it flows. And that's great advice for anybody. Get involved in that business side of things. Understand how you get to do what you do. So, yes. All right. Well, Max, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thank Folks, you. make sure you take time to get involved and make sure this week you take time to tell your story and agriculture story because they deserve to be heard. Have a great week.